Pardon the interruption, but I'm Keith Olbermann. I want to thank you for bringing the show to New York just for me, Tony. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Don't flatter yourself. I'm here to see some Broadway shows. I've got the Temptation show lined up for tonight. I've got Come From Away tomorrow night, and I think I've got To Kill a Mockingbird on Friday, so that's why I'm here. They're starting them early to accommodate your no, sleep schedule? No, no, actually, no. I'm No, <laughs> the truth of the matter is that I'm going to get such little sleep that I'm going to be a zombie here on Thursday and Friday. You're going to have to carry the whole show. I think you can do that. Looking forward to it. I hope you can do that. Welcome to PTI in New York, boys and girls, with Will Bond still AWOL. I am pleased to be, gre- be joined by our great friend, television legend, Keith Olbermann. <laughs> How great is that? And we begin today with a fabulous baseball game last night between two division leaders, Minnesota and the Yankees. The game went 10 innings. It produced 26 runs. It had six home runs. It had four blown saves. And it ended on a great diving catch by New York's Aaron Hicks. It was the kind of game you talk about for years if you were there. Keith, how meaningful was it? Uh, meaningful if you were there. Otherwise, almost not at all because the rosters are not set. It is, if it's meaningful at all, it's for the Twins who are collapsing. And that great feel-good story that we had, oh, the Twins yeah, are yeah. in front by 10 games. No, three games now. And Cleveland, which was ready to, to blow the thing up and we're bringing up all their prospects, they're now within shouting distance and they may take the division ahead of the Twins. So it, it's, it's a great game with a lot of drama to it. But unfortunately... More than anything else, it means the demise of the, of the feel-good story. So it's 100 games in for both of these yeah. teams, which means they have 62 left. And I'm not going to sit here and try and make a case that it's the most meaningful game in the world. But I will make this case. If you like baseball, that is a meaningful game. Because it's, it, even though there are home runs in it, there's not a tyranny of home runs. Yeah. There's a lot of action on the field. It goes back and forth. If I have the statistic right, and I think I do, there were five lead changes or ties in the final three innings. What do you want from baseball, Keith? That's what you want from baseball, right? I mean, that's a, that's a game that totally engages you. Yeah, yeah, but there's also an indication here that somebody's bullpen might be leaky. So that's if you want yes. implications here. Yes. The Yankees may suddenly have to now, they may now yes. have to go and get a bunch of relief pitchers. So this now impacts who's it meaningful for? Clint Frazier, the outfielder who might be traded for a starting pitcher or now a reliever, and Davey Garcia, who's their top pitcher. So that's player. the thing that you worry about most of all yeah. as you get into the playoffs: is your bullpen going to hold up? That's the third time in the last five games that a Rodless Chapman came in in a safe situation and blew that save. So that that is a bad sign. I'm sorry that the Minnesota deal seems to be you know hitting ruts. All all the way down the line. But the Yankees, the Yankees look great. There's this fabulous quote by Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. And it says, there's no break in the storm. There's always more storms tomorrow. And Giancarlo Stanton's not even playing. Yeah, but they're 10 games in front of the division. I think Aaron may be sort of watching too many soap operas. There's no storm. Search for, search for tomorrow, tomorrow. They're 10 games in front. The Yankees don't have an immediate problem. The problem is relief pitching and starting pitching wins the playoffs. Slugging does not. You're discounting Minnesota at this point? No, I'm not. But I'm just saying that comfortable ride and the great, oh, they're going to run away with the division. That is clearly over if the lead has gone from 10 to 3. Okay. The big difference in, in, in a, it couldn't be a bigger difference. Uh, uh, Tony, the Giants and Cubs talking about baseball are matineeing as we speak. But another San Francisco come from behind victory last night meant the Giants had one, clinched the series versus Chicago, two, won 16 of the last 19, three, reached a winning record after four, having started so poorly that the front office had replaced the entire starting outfield with castoffs from other teams, like Carly Strems Grandson, who is a 28-year-old rookie, 
0.5, they were planning a total teardown, yeah. including the trade of the World Series hero, Madison Bumgarner. And instead, they were now two games out of a wild card and two and a half behind the Cubs. So, Tony, the Giants or the Cubs, who was the contender in your eyes? If you're asking me today, it's the Giants. I mean, the Giants have won, I thought it was 17 out of 20, but maybe yeah. it's just 16 out of 9. What have the Cubs won? They haven't won anything near that. Not a bunch. So that's so that's today. But if you look up and down the lineup, you probably say to yourself, the Cubs have a better lineup. So what happens in late July is not necessarily what happens in late September. I am, I'm thrilled. You know, and it's not just the Giants. Oakland does this every year, too. I'm thrilled when a team that you've written off completely mm. goes on one of these great runs. It doesn't mean that they're going to win the World Series, but it, it gets them back in it to where you the players believe they can win. That's the most important thing, having the belief that you can win some games. Yeah, however, um, it will very often happen that you will get a bunch of hot new, or a bunch of new guys on your team, or maybe getting their first chance to excel, or coming back. Alex Dickerson of the, of the uh, Giants was hurt most of the last couple of years, so he's getting a chance to play every day. As I mentioned, Mikey Stremski was in the minor leagues for six How years. How great is that? I know, it's great. He, he has it looks like he has. Yes. He doesn't have any power, but he's hit a few home runs, and all the things have come together for the Giants, and it's very entertaining to watch, but I don't know that it's sustainable. The outfield literally consists of three guys who they added after the start of the season because their teams didn't want them anymore, and they have a number of other players like that. There is a question as to whether Madison Bumgarner should be traded even if they are in contention. There is that quote from one of the veterans who is unnamed, and I don't know why, because it's such a great quote. If you trade Bumgarner now, this clubhouse will go ballistic. Well, he's unnamed. Again, they have a belief they can win. Well, he's unnamed because the reporters don't know who he is because they keep changing <laughs> players every week. But the Giants might want to trade Bumgarner if they lose, say, three or four in a row, or even if they don't, because he's not not the same pitcher who we saw in the World Series. He never recovered from the dirt bike accident a couple of years ago. So I live in a city where this is happening right now. Right. The Nationals, who are a pretty good team, started out lousy. They were below 500 till the end of May. And since then, I believe they're 29 and 13. But their bullpen still stinks. Mm-hmm. It stunk all year. But they didn't have Turner and they didn't have Rendon for a while. But when you start to win, you no longer want to fire the manager. Right. And people believe you can win and win and win. Right. And it's I fun. would say that in the National League right now, the Nats are every bit the contenders at every team other than the Dodgers and Braves, maybe. Yeah, even though we were talking about the Cubs and the Giants. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to watch their games in quite the same you know. Steve Kerr, who has five championship rings as a player and three as a head coach, told the Warriors Insiders podcast, I wish I did that one, that he is worried about player movement, specifically players who walk out on their contracts. Very specifically, Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. Kerr said, quote, where a guy is perfectly healthy and has a couple of years left on his deal and says, I want to leave, that's a real problem that the league has to address and that the players have to be careful with. When you sign on that dotted line, you owe your effort and your play to that team, to that city, to the fans, unquote. Keith, do you think that Kerr's words will have any effect on players? Absolutely none whatsoever, Tony, because this in various forms has been going on literally since the 19th century. I was studying this all day. Who was the first guy I'm in old, sports? I'm old, but I'm not that old. Well, I'm, cl- right. I'm old. I get older every year, too, yeah. and I get closer to you in age. I mean, how in the heck does that happen? But that's a separate, we can have half an hour about just that topic. I think the first guy to ever hold out to demand a trade was Amos Rusi of the 1900 New York Giants, 
who cost himself his career, as you remember, sure. by doing that. Well, we were in high school. But, it's, it was doing, but it, people have been doing this forever, and the NBA free agent system and the NBA system in general allows the players to have such control because one guy can a franchise make. And yeah. I don't know that anybody, even with the sort of moral authority and moral force that Steve Kerr has, is going to influence this unless they somehow drastically change the rules. Well, the commissioner could. Well, but, but why change the rules other than to make what's happening legal because they got such play out that's of it. His, yes, that's Davis right. not playing looks really bad. Yes. There's got to be something. He quit on his team. But you can't, and you can't then, you, as the team, you can't let him not play because you want to bubble wrap it, right? You've got to come up with another solution to that. But the play that the NBA got out of free agency this year should be a Giant lesson boost. to the NFL, Giant baseball, and everybody else. Well, that, that's dominated the world. You're 100% right on that. And nobody has any problem with Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, when they reach the end of a contract, say, I'm going. Nobody has any problem with Russell Westbrook being traded when that team has collapsed. I was surprised he didn't mention Paul George. Yeah. Paul George played one year of a four-year deal in Oklahoma City. Kawhi Leonard whispers in his ear, and he goes to management. He says, get me out of here by midnight, and they do. But at, at some point, this begins to look like a runaway train. It begins to look chaotic, which is, I think, why Adam Silver talked about investigating tampering. And what he's really talking about is, hey, can we take a deep breath here? We just can't let people run from team to team to team willy-nilly like this. Despite the publicity victory that that represents. Uh, Tony, uh, there's no crying in baseball, but there is always crying in PED testing. <laughs> Taylor Lewan of the Titans, the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL, 50 million guaranteed when the average guarantee is like a dollar and a half, posted a video to Twitter today saying he has tested positive for a drug called Osterine, and that drug, by the way, mimics steroids. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter that the A sample was positive and the B sample test isn't back yet. Lawan himself says he is facing a four-game suspension. The story is as old as chemistry itself. And so is the twist. Watch. Cue the waterworks. What really is important to me is that people know that I'm not a cheater. I went and did a polygraph test about Austrian and knowingly taking it, and I passed that test. I've never taken anything that would cheat the game. I'm so sorry to the Tennessee Titans. hard. I'm sorry the Titans and the fans that I won't be there for four games. He cried, Tony. Does this video... <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm going to get enough tears out of this. Does this video lead you to have more sympathy for him? It's like a broadcast news scene. For exactly. You. I really like that. Uh, this is tough for me because I talked about this the other day. I am informed in all things about drug bus by Ryan Braun. <laughs> Ryan Braun went out on the field and he said, I never took this. I'm never going to take this. I've never cheated in my life. And I bought it. Uh, Wilbon and I bought this really? 100%. And then within a year, he was bounced. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I probably did these things. So, so this is hard for me. I have sympathy to this degree. I can believe that it's possible he did not knowingly put this put this particular drug into his system. I have sympathy to that. But you got to tell me how it got in there because you're responsible. Even if something is prescribed for yeah. you, the rules are that you are responsible. It's a four-game deal. That's it. You're done. Those are the rules. But even if those weren't the rules, when you start throwing around $50 million based on what's in your bloodstream and what isn't, I would keep a notebook. 
I would keep a record. And it's very nice that he took a polygraph test. It's interesting that he mentioned it and said, well, I'll show you the results later. Like, well, I'm going to, you know, it's, we're going to make something good out of this. But I, I mean, it's just, it doesn't, the tears don't help. The video doesn't help. You are supposed to be responsible for what's in your body. That's they didn't right. sprinkle it on your French There's coast. a lot of money involved and an athlete will, will willingly work out and work himself to the bone to get his body in great shape, to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And if somebody says to him, hey, I'm using this, this stuff is great, and you take it, that's on you at that point. You, that is your responsibility. So my sympathy is limited to this point. Indeed. Let's take a break. Coming up, was Jalen Ramsey's arrival to camp in a Brinks truck a winner or a loser? And Mike Trout threw a 98-mile-an-hour strike from center field. Not going to get him. But did a teammate top that? You know, within a few years, all drugs will be legal. And we will look back and laugh at this, Rosalita. That's what we're going to do. I don't know. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three. And from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. If you're just joining us, I am joined by Keith Olbermann. No, 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 no. Great. Now watch as I destroy him and toss off what's first. From last night, Trey Turner's second cycle of his career or Robinson Cano's three home runs. So Trey Turner is only one of 26 guys in the history of baseball to have more than one cycle. Don't snore yet because he's got the great gift of speed, which enables him to get the triple, which is the hardest thing to get. I should mention Steven Strasburg going six scoreless last night as being equally important. The answer to this question is Robbie Cano. Yes. Because Robbie Cano is is viewed largely now as somebody just hanging around to pick up a paycheck, totally disinterested in playing, had six home runs in 72 games going into this particular game, and got three. Three three home runs is a bigger deal, especially from someone like that. Saved the general manager's job, Brody Van Wagenen, probably. By, by, really? By, because he doesn't look like he was having other people pick the paycheck up for him. He was that non-involved, Robinson Cano. And as to the cycle, it's very simple. It's an interesting curiosity, but it's like flying out to the left fielder, the center fielder, the right fielder, and then a shortstop playing deep. It doesn't mean anything. Two homers in a single is you're, more productive. You're not impressed by only there only being 26 people of all time who have more but than it's one? Like the, number, the number of guys who struck out five times in a game, only positive. It's just a curiosity. I'd rather have three home runs in a game. That's much more So impressive. we agree on Cano on that. Yes. yes. Next. Toss-up, more impressive outfield assist. Mike Trout or Cole Calhoun? All right, Calhoun, I'm going to start with that play. That is a great play. It is a meaningful play. Mm-hmm. It is the last out in the game, Agreed. right? And it prevents the tying run. And Bellinger, who's going to probably win the MVP, is dead. He is out by 10 feet. But Trout's throw, which is what I want to get to, I concede it's in the second inning. Yeah. It goes 98.6 miles an hour. 90% of the pitchers in baseball cannot throw the ball that hard. It is absolutely perfect. I'm going to tell you something, Keith. This has to do with, with circumstance and context. If that's the last out of the game, oh. they're putting that thing on a postage stamp. That's how great that thing is. Yes, they have Willie Mays saying, that's much better than anything I did. But no, uh, the, the, you're, you're incorrect on this only 
in the sense that the trout thing is like school figures. Remember school figures in figure in, skating? In, yes. But before you did the actual That's right. performance, be, be it was how technically could you do it? That's how right. well tech and technically that was a perfect throw. Well, what more do you want? Well, the it's other one ended throw. the game. The other well, one that was with the game on the line. It's the diff- it is literally the difference between a World Series winning home run and a home run in the second inning. It's circumstance though. What object? What is the play? If you look at Trout's here's, throw, but ultimately here's the thing: it's the Angels at Dodger Stadium against the Dodgers. They're both the best play that they could possibly get because the Angels love that. Next. Last one. Toss-up. Bigger news from Jags camp. How Jalen Ramsey arrived or that Yannick Ngakwe didn't. All right. Jalen Ramsey's arrival in a Brinks truck was fun. Yeah. He wants more money. He's mouthy. He's egotistical. He dressed up. But he's in camp. Yeah. Okay? So they don't have to send out a St. Bernard to find him. The other guy is not in camp. It's much more important. The other guy has 29 and a half sacks in three seasons. He has 10 forced fumbles in three seasons. The other guy has tremendous production, and he's not there. That's, but you just answered the point. The other guy. Yeah, that's his. That's his not. That's not actually his name. The other guy. But well, Jalen yeah. Ramsey sucks the oxygen out of the city. We know who he is. Yes. And if you're a non-scorer in the NFL, that's the only way you get known. So I give him credit both for publicizing himself and reducing some of the fungibility of the other guy, whose name is the other guy. It doesn't matter. The other guy. We don't focus on them. That we and fo- he doesn't play for the Nationals, so you can't mention them again. Ramsey for a third is time. in camp. Yes. You know what? In a truck. He came in in a just truck. Just say this. We do We're a national-oriented show wherever I do the show. I and that know. is it. And victory is mine. It's a road game. Road game, you lost. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Steve Ballmer, your boy. Shows some excitement as he introduces Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And Tim Tebow, your boy, hits the injured list. Is the end near, Tony? This will be a Nats-free show tomorrow. That's all I got. You're Mr. Baseball. It's all I've got. Nats, Nats, Nats. Yeah. F.P. Santangelo says hi. Are you a pal of his? Yeah. That's cool. I love F.P. Yeah. Happy time. People, happy 55th birthday, Barry Bonds. Probably the greatest hitter the last 40 years a seven-time MVP, a power threat like no one since Babe Ruth, and the specter of performance-enhancing drugs hangs over him like a chandelier. Keith, his numbers say the Hall of Fame should build a wing for him. Would you put him in? No. Conduct is in the ballot wording. And also, by the way, he's not 55, really. He's only 42. He is, his age grew 24% because of HGH. <laughs> it's true. That's funny. Awesome. Thank you. Happy anniversary to Alex Rodriguez and Jason Veritek. On this day, 15 years ago, A-Rod reacted to being hit by a pitch from Bronson Arroyo by jawing at the mound. Varitek stepped in front of him, shoved his mitt in his face, setting off a bench-clearing brawl. The Yankees at this time were the greatest dynasty in baseball. They were Derek Jeter's team, but Alex Rodriguez was an enormous star. Later in the season, of course, the Red Sox would come back from 0-3 in the playoffs and beat the Yankees. Keith, that was as good a rivalry as we've ever seen, right? It it, it was at its peak, I think, at that point, or maybe during the riot in 99. That was pretty good, too. The thing between Varitek and A-Rod is still a thing. Uh, On the Fox Sports postgame show during the World Series, last year, Varitek crashed the set, and A-Rod, and they stared daggers at each other for a moment, and then A-Rod said, please don't punch me. So it's still there. It could happen again. And a bonus not-so-happy anniversary to George Brett. On this day, 36 years ago, Brett was ejected from a game against the Yankees when he sprinted out of the dugout towards home plate umpire Tim McClellan after he waved off the Royal Stars' 
go-ahead ninth-inning home run due to too much pine tar on the bat. This is one of those sports moments when a famous and great player goes absolutely psycho. <laughs> it's hard to think of Brett as a cheater, and pine tar is so much less offensive than steroids, but the rules are the rules. Although that home run was later restored, Keith, where are you on pine tar? Uh, first off, that's the greatest uh, uh, explosion since Apollo 11 liftoff at Cape Canaveral. That was marvelous. I was watching that live. I, I covered the, the, all the fallout. Pine tar only means you can't use the bat again. Tim McClellan got the rule wrong. Happy trails, Tim Tebow. Tebow suffered a cut on his hand while fielding a baseball. Had to get eight, get eight stitches. He's now on the injured list for the AAA Syracuse Mets. Keith Tebow's hitting 163 with 98 strikeouts in 77 games. He's going to be 32 years old in a couple of weeks. At what point does he turn out the lights and shut the door? He doesn't have to. 99% of minor leaguers are there to provide live baseball simulation to the actual prospects. Why not do that? There was once a pitcher named Bill Sisler who pitched for 25 years and 43 minor league teams. Tim has, by my count, another 12 to go. You would like to know this. I know that, that having now played in Binghamton and Syracuse, he's got the upstate New York <laughs> zeal, doesn't There's he? no team in Ithaca or Elmira. Not yet, not yet. No errors today, and we go to the big finish. The Clippers officially introduced Kawhi Leonard and Paul George today. Your takeaways. We actually have breaking news on that. Paul George was asked about, what about the Lakers? Which is the question that's been asked since the Lakers moved from Minneapolis. And he said, we're not looking at the Battle of L.A. We've got bigger things in mind. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. Yeah. No? The Packers are reportedly releasing the former Pro Bowl defensive end, Mike Daniels. Makes sense, Tony? He's a really good player. A lot of teams are going to want him. But when you mention the Packers, I think of Aaron Rodgers, and that's what I care about. And what's his name? Video, <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> Video from the British Open shows Sergio Garcia flinging a club at his caddy, who is his brother. Does that make it excusable? Well, he didn't hurt him badly, so what is the big complaint about? Isn't fl- You're the golfer. Isn't flinging the golf club part of the game? No, actually, no. It's a bad Why idea. Not? It should be. No, they should do it competitive. I'd watch if they flung Cubs clubs at each other. That's a bad idea. Come on. Go ahead. Hugh Jackson says he doesn't know what he did to anger Baker Mayfield. you believe it? No, he went to Cincinnati. He knows what it was. Uh, Last one, Bill Belichick will host six episodes of the NFL Network series, the NFL's all-time team. He's fucked by that. No, he's one of the most charming and funny guys I ever met. Spent an evening with him at awards ceremony. He's terrific. The stuff with the hood and the grumpiness is the act. Out of time. Try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm the other guy, Keith Olbermann. You can get the uh, PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple. Podcast. I turned the wrong way. I ruined. Yeah.